welcome. Rick, this is uh, this is all yours. All right. Water. Does anyone know how a speaker drinks water? I saw that on the YouTube. I thought that was funny. All right. Okay. So uh, this should be pretty straightforward today. Um, but uh, it's also, uh, as we were talking uh, last week uh, on Tuesdays, we always uh, do. I think it's always hard when we talk about money. Uh, because it's something that's uh, very personal uh, to us. So I think even as uh, speakers, uh, there's an additional um, feeling that we have about it because as we're looking uh, at money, we really have to examine our own hearts and our own lives. And, you know, it's something that is a part of our life uh, every day. So I've got the easy one. Uh, Mine is talking about uh, giving to missions. And... uh, so we've been talking about that uh, giving the last couple weeks, and mine is going to be talking about uh, giving to missions. So uh, some of you know and some of you uh, don't know, uh, Mel and I were both on the mission field um, for about eight years, and uh, we were sent uh, all over the world. Uh, pretty much myself, I've been everywhere uh, but the continent of Africa. Of course, I didn't go to Antarctica, um, but maybe one day we'll go there to read uh, the few because God would, would do that, of course. Uh, so we've been a part of uh, foreign missions. Uh, we've been a part of uh, reaching uh, the indigenous uh, people uh, throughout uh, different parts of the world. Uh, we've had the opportunities to go into uh, a lot of prisons around the world and uh, share the gospel. And so this is something uh, that I really do believe in. I do believe in uh, supporting uh, missions. Um, I know that this church is a church that really does support missions because just this summer uh, you guys sent me to Peru and uh, I think that trip was fully funded like $4,000 was funded in a week from this church. You know, I mean it just it just came in like that and so I know that this is a church that uh, that we believe in uh, missions um, and so uh, that's a good thing. I am definitely nervous today. I don't, I don't lie. It just happens to me. Um, uh, actually, Jay, could you pray for me for a second? I, I don't know why I'm just doing this right now. Amen. All right. Amen. So, um, yeah, so I just want to continue to talk to you guys, um, about missions and just about, uh, giving, giving to missions. And one of the reasons that I want to do this is because some of the reading that I was doing, um, over the last couple of weeks, looking at giving to missions, uh, we can really see that giving to missions uh, and really giving to the church as a whole. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about our local body, but the whole uh, church giving has really dropped uh, in the churches. And I'm not going to talk about that today because that's a whole uh, another teaching, but I just want to focus on the giving uh, to missions. So let's go ahead and uh, just look at a few things uh, that I believe of why we need to give to mission. Um, it says we are commanded to give to mission. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which a lot of us know as the Great Commission, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what can we do to support people on the mission field? What is the part that we can have uh, to be a part of people uh, being on mission? One of the things that we can do is we can pray for them. We can also encourage them. There are some people that are sitting uh, here today, no matter what age you are, 
I was in a, a missions group called Youth with a Mission, but really it shouldn't be called Youth with a Mission because most of the full-time uh, missionaries are my age and older. They're like 45 to 70 years old. I mean, the founder, Lauren Cunningham, he's still traveling. I think he's in his 80s now, and he has flown to every country in the world, and he's still going uh, today. And so uh, there's people here that maybe you're feeling like you need to go on the mission field. Well, we could gather around you. We could encourage you. We could equip you. And that could be helping someone uh, go to Bible college. That could be helping them uh, to just get whatever they need to be equipped uh, to go on uh, the mission field. We can also uh, talk about and create awareness uh, for those people and the needs that they have on the mission field. We can also talk about uh, local missions. Uh, when we talk about missions, we're not just talking about foreign missions, but we're also talking about those missionaries that are reaching people in our cities. And one of those uh, groups that, uh, that does that is Young Life. Has anyone ever heard of Young Life? So Young Life is a group of, of college-age students that reach out to high schools. So right now, in our area, in the southwest area, so I don't have the numbers for Dublin, uh, because they're actually a different area. But Southwest is all the Hilliard schools, Grove City schools, and some of the Columbus schools. So one of the ways that we can uh, encourage people for missions is to talk about it. So what I would share with you guys is that right now that we could be praying for the 38 college students that are going into nine high schools every week and sharing with the lost. When they're going into these nine uh, high schools, on average, every week, they're reaching 3,000 students. And these are students that aren't saved. They don't know anything about the gospel, but they're going out. They're hanging out with them at football games. They're going to their choir concerts. And the thing is, is these college students are basically paying their way with a little bit of extra money that they have uh, that are going through college. They're all self-supported uh, missionaries. And some of the funds that, that we raise as individual supporters help to send them uh, to do this. Every week, they have a thing called club. Uh, and this gets some of the people in the church a little upset because at these clubs, there's actually non-Christian kids coming to these events that are just troublemakers, right? And so sometimes the, the Christians are like, I don't want my Christian kids to be around these troublemakers. But how are we going to reach the lost if the Christian kids aren't with the troublemakers? So I like that Lucas is really involved right now with Young Life and Hilliard because he gets to hang out with uh, Christian leaders and his non-saved uh, friends in an environment where they're having fun once a week and they just play games, they do stuff, they interact with each other, they go to coffee shops and out to food. And then Another time during the week, about 100 students are getting together for a Bible study. So in that area, they're going to all these events, they're reaching people in a time of fellowship, and then they're hanging out with them and doing a Bible study. Um, and then in the summer, from our area, they're taking about 110 kids to a camp where they're having a lot of fun and they're learning about the gospel. Now, Young Life is not cheap, I've learned personally, but what they pack into a three-day event 
is pretty amazing. And so Young Life is one of those groups that I would talk about to people, and, I'd, and I would say, you know what? This is a group, this is a missions group that's in our city that we should support locally. And I personally support this group, and I want to continue to support this group. And I think there's other people in our church and around the city that should, that should support groups like this that are reaching young people. So that's one of the things that we do. So the workers are few. It says in Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, and send out workers into his harvest field. All of us here should be involved in planting, watering, and reaping. And another way of saying that is that we should be growing people in relationships, we should be discipling people, and we should be calling people to follow Christ. And we could just keep breaking uh, that down. We should be encouraged, it says in 1 Corinthians 3.9, to labor together with God to complete Great Commission. So, I would ask you guys uh, to be thinking about this. You need to ask yourself, how can you be involved? What part should you do? Are you an evangelist? Are you a disciple? Are you someone that can pray for people? We should all be doing it, but most of us will have something that uh, that we prefer or that we're better at. I like doing the harvest because it's exciting. It's fun. That's what we did with Team Extreme. When we would go out, people worked for months and years to bring us to the city. We preached the gospel and uh, we reap a harvest. So, but you need to ask God what he's calling you to because I can't tell you what you're called to. You need to ask God. So, another reason that we need to support uh, missions is how else will they hear? How many, uh, um, how else will they hear? Uh, a lot of times when, when I think of that, I think of how will people in indigenous parts of the world hear the gospel if we don't send them? Well, I just took a moment and just briefly shared about Young Life. The thing is, is that the mission field is quickly coming to America, and it's really already here because not only do those people in other parts of the world need to hear the gospel, but kids in our own backyards have no idea what a church is besides driving past it. You know, they don't know the gospel. They don't know anything about the freedom of Christ. They don't know anything. And so our own backyard and foreign countries are a mission field. Um, Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, How then... Can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can someone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. The people that bring the good news are the missionaries. And if we can't go, we need to be a part of sending them with encouragement, praying for them, and supporting them financially. And wherever that mission field is that they're being called to, whether it's in our own backyard or in another nation. So if we're not going to partner with people, um, sorry. Um, so we, I wrote that wrong. That's fine. I wrote that last night. So we need to be willing uh, to partner. I'm glad I didn't say that. We need to be willing to partner with people that are willing to go because missionaries depend on the local church. We are the local church, and missionaries uh, depend on us. Uh, we can see in Scripture um, examples of this, that Paul thanked the church for his care, okay? Paul was thanking the church 
Uh, and this included things like this is what he was thanking them for. He was thanking them for finances. He was thanking them for shelter. And he was thanking them for food. He was thanking them for the resources that it takes to reach the lost. Our missionaries need the same from us. They need our prayer. They need our encouragement. And they definitely need our cash money, right? Because it takes money to get things done in the long run. We should cover the expenses of our personal, we, um, I'm sorry, the money is to cover the missionary's personal expenses, but it's also to cover the ministry expenses. Most missionaries that are going aren't, most missionaries that are going out, they don't have a lot of the things that the local church has set up. The money that they're raising is also paying for all the outreaches that they do and stuff like that. So we need to give to our missionaries so that they can take care of all those expenses and the things that it takes to get the work done of proclaiming the gospel. And we need to do that because when we fully support a missionary, let me tell you guys, I, in the group, when I was on Team Extreme, I was one of the only missionaries that was fully supported. I didn't have stress over money at all. And it wasn't that much money, but God, it, every month I knew that, oh, Wendy could tell me, uh, every month I would know that $1,500 was coming in plus additional money. Every month I knew that money is there. Most of my friends they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know uh, when their next when their next uh, check was coming. They didn't know when the next mission support was coming. And that really just had to do with the favor of the Lord because I wasn't a great communicator. I didn't write any newsletters until I got married. <laughs> and and Melanie wrote newsletters. But I had people in this church that believed in me and they supported me. And I want missionaries to feel the same thing that I felt I felt fully supported. I felt like I had everything that I needed. I never had to stay behind on a trip because I didn't have the airfare or I didn't have the finances go wherever we were going in the world. Now, sometimes that $1,500 was paying for a $1,200 plane ticket to Brazil or to India. But once we got there, other people took care of our food, took care of our lodging, stuff like that. So we need to fully fund our missionaries so that they can fully go for it and that they can continue uh, to spread the gospel. Um, also, we are blessed for a reason. It says in Luke twelve forty eight, to whom much is given, much is required. We have a responsibility to God to be good stewards of all that God has given us. Giving is a good investment. It says in Matthew uh, six nineteen through 20, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Giving towards the gospel going forth is an investment in treasure that will not pass and it helps to establish the kingdom on earth. Matthew 6.10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I could go on and on with examples of the Bible, but what I want to show you is I have a video uh, from a friend, R.K., and uh, R.K. is getting ready uh, to head back out on uh, the foreign mission field. Uh, he's been living uh, with his family 
uh, in Hawaii for the last couple of years. His wife is actually a Hawaiian girl, and they met on the mission field uh, just like uh, Melanie and I did. And I thought it was very timely that this week when I was getting ready uh, to talk about missions, and I've been working on getting off Facebook, but I went on Facebook and I saw that RK was getting ready to go to uh, Paraguay. And uh, I said to myself, you know what? If I'm going to talk about missions this week, I should, sh- I should share about a missionary that's getting ready uh, to go out. But let me tell you a little bit more about RK because I think this is something that is really cool. Um, when we go out and when we send people out, um, there's all kinds of connections uh, that happen. I met RK about 20 years ago uh, when we were doing an outreach. And I'm not the one that called him that uh, spoke the word that you need to go forth to the mission field as much as I would like uh, to say it. But I was a part of the team. Um, this was the first tour that I ever led for Team Extreme. And actually, it's quite a funny night because it's a night that could have ended very bad for me. Um, we were getting ready to do um, our Team Extreme event, and this was actually at the church uh, that RK is sent out of. And we were set up in the field, and we had our stage ready to go. And I'm emceeing the event and uh, setting up the preacher uh, to preach the gospel later. And we had this soccer player that would uh, uh, dribble a soccer ball. But before he would dribble the soccer ball, he would light it on fire. Okay? We like to do stuff with fire with Team Extreme. Well, I had a water bottle, much like this. And I was drinking from my water bottle. And for some reason, uh, he decided to dump out my water and dump his fuel into the water bottle. Well, he didn't, he didn't think that he thought it was just an extra water bottle. So I'm emceeing the event, and in all the excitement of things, you know, I'm doing my hooping and hollering, and I'm yelling, and I'm getting excited, and I run over real quick, and I do that, you know, that pastor thing where you drink water like that. And all of a sudden, I realize I drank something I was not supposed to do. I guzzled probably about half a bottle of Coleman fuel, okay? So I drop the mic, and I run off stage. This is during an evangelistic event. I run off the stage. I run into the restroom, and Melanie, we were just engaged at that time. She comes in, and she's she's losing it. And she's like, you need to throw up, you need to throw up, you need to throw up. And I go, no, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. So anyways, I get taken off to the hospital. You know, we just drive ourselves there. So obviously I'm not at, at the event to call this guy into mission. Uh, I'm just glad God didn't have to blow me up. But anyways, so I go to the hospital. They do x-rays. The good thing is, is none of the uh, fuel got into uh, my lungs, which if it would have went in my lungs... I wouldn't be here uh, today. But so anyways, the doctor just says, well, the good news is um, you just need to stay away from open flames for two weeks, which if you know Team Extreme, we light a lot of stuff on fire. We lit bricks on fire. We lit everything on fire. So I had to stay away from open flames. And then um, I just had to let it pass. And we were traveling in a 15-passenger van. And so for a week and a half, I just smelled like Coleman fuel. I'll just say everything was crystal clear, you know, that, that passed from my body. 
but as I sweat, Coleman fuel would just uh, come out, and so it was a real mess. But anyways, that was the night that we intersected with RK, and so now RK is on the mission field because we went to this guy Alan's church, and John has met Alan. We ran into Alan Hawkins, and uh, we were out at a Oh, I forget whatever church that is, where we, the Sockham Church, I can't think of right now, but we were out there and we ran into Alan, uh, RK's pastor, but that was the night that he was called uh, uh, to go into the mission field, and since then, he's been doing that. I had the opportunity to lead RK for a few years uh, when I was with Team Extreme, and he's just a, a young man uh, that is passionate uh, for the Lord, and now he's doing missions uh, with his family uh, in Hawaii right now. So I can relate to this story because I was living in New Zealand when I came back here. But RK is living in Hawaii. I mean, look at that setting. It's beautiful. And God is calling them to go to Paraguay, right? Um, so they do um, ministry as a family. And one of the things that they do is they've started a church uh, in Hawaii for the homeless on the beach. And so they go to the park, they have church. Uh, RK and his family are very much into uh, power evangelism, as we like to call it, where they pray for the sick. They want to see uh, people healed, and then they present uh, the gospel with them. And he's going to share about that a little bit. They run schools where, just like Sockham, where they teach people uh, how to operate in the power of God. And uh, they're pretty radical guys. Uh, they run this school in Paraguay where they're going. And when they run this school, they actually send people out on the street and they don't let them come back until they've seen someone healed, okay? So try doing that in an American setting. Most people would go sit at McDonald's or Starbucks for a while and come back, Walmart or something like that. But seriously, they send these guys out and they're like, you will go out and minister uh, to people. So they're radical. So anyways, let's go ahead and... Uh, run this video. A few years back, we were doing the Extreme Evangelism School in Paraguay, and we had one student whose name was Jose. The Extreme Evangelism School is just two weeks of training, and then we go and we take them out on two weeks of outreach. And on the outreach, Jose comes up to us and says, it's so easy to lead people to Jesus. He said, I'm going to go lead my whole city to Jesus. We said, you need to go do that. So Jose goes home. His first night back, he's an old farmer. He finishes milking his cow. And goes to his next door neighbor and leads his next door neighbor to Jesus. The next night, he goes and leads his other next door neighbor to Jesus. In two months, he brought over 60 people into his church. And in three years, they reached every single home in their city three times. I realized that there's something special in Paraguay where I've never seen it like this, where you just do a little bit of training and then it opens up entire cities to the gospel. When Arkan and I first got married, um, we immediately started traveling the world and going all over the place, you know, talking to people about Jesus and sharing the gospel. And so when we went down to Paraguay, um, you know, we were kind of doing similar things down there. But what I noticed was that the response was so different from anywhere else we've been to in the world. That there was just such an openness to sharing the gospel that you really felt like um, the way that Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. It really felt that way, like in the schools, in the homes, everywhere that we would go, there was an openness to the gospel. The Great Commission says that we're to go into all the world and 
preach the gospel to every nation and that we're supposed to make disciples of nations, well that always seemed just so big and so impossible of a task until we went down there and there was just, it was the first time where I actually thought this is actually something that could happen, that Paraguay could become a transformed nation, that we could see a fully transformed nation. And so uh, it's given me a lot of hope for what's to come and what I hope will happen when we're down there is to see even more of what we were seeing down there continue. The, the same way that Paraguay is like the heart of South America, right there in the, the center that you know, as the heart goes, the rest of the body goes. What happens in Paraguay is just the, the beginning of what's to, to flow out of there. That I see, um, just as the heart, you know, pumps blood to the rest of the body, that what happens in Paraguay is going to, to go and circulate throughout South America. That it's just the starting point of something much bigger than just Paraguay. In Acts chapter 19, Paul goes to Ephesus and it says he began to meet weekly in the synagogue and then it says he moved from meeting weekly in the synagogue to meeting daily in the school of Tyrannus and then it says everyone in Asia heard about Jesus and I realized that right sandwich in, in between the meeting weekly with the people to everyone in the nation hearing about Jesus right in the middle was Paul meeting daily in the school of Tyrannus. And I realized that what we're gonna be doing in Paraguay in doing a discipleship training school with YWAM is that school of Tyrannus where people are gonna come daily be trained to do the things of God and then they're gonna be called to go out and reach the all in the nations. So I'm just glad that we get to be a part of this movement in Paraguay that we can help so many people and well help, help them with all their needs. And in the Bible, it tells us to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, and that's probably what we're gonna do. I'm really excited because we get to just um, help people, and we get to help Jesus try to change people's lives, and just help him get into other people's hearts and change them. And I just love that I get to be a part of that and help my family help him. So we want to invite you to partner with us in what God's doing in the nation of Paraguay and in South America. But we wanted to give to you for partnering with us and believing in us. So everyone who gives just $5 a month, I'm gonna give you access to the Purpose Concepts training course where I teach people how to hear God's voice, get words of knowledge, how to heal the sick, a practical way to share the gospel, how to find your part in God's plan to disciple nations. Uh, I also do book concepts. I'm a full-on nerd. I love reading, so I take the concepts from my favorite books that are going to help you to finish the Great Commission, and I give those to you in video and PDFs. Uh, I'm going to give you access to my books, the How to Heal the Sick, the uh, Kingdom 24902, and How to Finish the Great Commission. So for just giving $5 a month, I'm going to give you access to the Purpose Concepts training course. For $25 a month, you're going to get access to the Purpose Concepts monthly training course, and I'm gonna give you a new devotional that I'm working on this, that's called the Red Letter Devotional where I'm taking the things that Jesus commanded us to do and 
I'm making it in a, in a way that you can meditate on how to not just know these commands, but how to obey them. For everyone who gives $50 or more, you're gonna get the Purpose Concepts monthly training course, you're gonna get the Red Letter Devotional, and I'm also gonna give you one of the uh, the commissionary t-shirts that we have. We, ha we have multiple designs for the commissionary t-shirts. A commissionary is someone who says yes to the greatness commission, where you, Jesus says the greatest in the kingdom are those who say they're gonna be the servants. So $5 you get access to the Purpose Concepts training course, $25 a month donation, you get also get the, the red letter devotional. $50 or more, also the t-shirt for being a commissionary, saying yes to the Greatness Commission. If you'd like to partner with us and what God's doing in Paraguay, click the link down below this video and make sure when it's giving you the option of where you want to give it to, you choose the option, you choose RK Castillo. And uh, make sure you send me an email letting me know that you gave so that I can send you these bonus materials. We appreciate you and remember, God's in a good mood. there didn't talk but they call him bubs he just looks like so he's really cool um awesome so that's rk and his family and uh they're going to paraguay uh this week rk just made that video on wednesday and i was thinking of missions and i like i said i got on facebook i saw that they were going to paraguay and i just sent him a a message and was talking to him a little bit and he goes and i said you know what i'm feeling like if I'm going to talk about missions, that I need to ask people for missions. At the moment, our missionaries have just uh, come home and they're transitioning out of that place. I know there's other uh, people that will probably be up and coming that they're sending church. But I wanted to take this opportunity to ask for uh, people to consider uh, supporting uh, RK and his family. So this is what I felt like uh, God asked me uh, to do. And um, so uh, what I did is when I say I did, my wife made uh, Anything that's in print is Melanie. I don't, if I did this, uh, all the grammar people have a, a field day uh, with it and stuck on that. Uh, but anyways, so um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to try and uh, give some support uh, to uh, this family. I'm personally uh, going to support them. Uh, but this is, what, this is what I felt God asked me to do. And I know right now, when I think about this, this isn't much, but I felt like God wanted me today to challenge 30 people to uh, give $10 a month for 12 months uh, to this missionary group. And the reason, I think the reason why uh, God wanted me to, to ask for that is because if we're talking about supporting missionaries, we need to get involved in a way that we really become a part of it. Because most of us here, even when we're strapped, could come up with 50 to to $100 to give to them today. But we need to, like I said, keep giving to missions in front of us because it is something that is fading away. People aren't giving as much uh, to missions. As they a lot of churches and their budget aren't giving as much to missions as they used to. And if we're going to continue to see the gospel go forth, we've got to support it. If we don't support it, uh, you know, it's not going to go forth as well as it should. And we need to uh, be good stewards. And so I wanted to ask people to pray about that. And the reason why is because monthly support will help them to plan. Like I said to you guys, I knew every month 
how much money was coming in. When I knew how much money was coming in monthly for that eight years, I never worried honestly about money. I mean, we had a we had Lillian during that time, and I had to pay two thousand dollars up front to go to the doctor to have the kid. I mean, to have Lillian. Sorry if that's <laughs> sorry if the kid offends anyone. Uh, to have the kid, and that money was just there. Um, you know. It, it came in because we didn't have insurance, and the doctor wanted the money up front, so we had to pay that up front. Now, she gave us the money back, which was a really cool story. Turns out she was a Christian doctor, heard that we were missionaries, gave the money back uh, to us. She couldn't give us the you know the room and stuff for free, but like, I want to give you my fee uh, back. So that was that was really cool. At first, when I got the check, I thought because we were traveling so much at that time that she didn't want to accept the risk of us being in and out of the country and, you know, just what that could bring. I'm pregnant. Um, but giving to them monthly, it also reminds us to pray for them. Because our missionaries need our prayer. They need our money, and they need us to pray for them. And it also, if we give to them monthly, it reminds us that we are partnering with someone. When we give to them monthly, it reminds us uh, that we're doing So, uh, the amount of money, I don't think there's anyone in here that couldn't give $10 a month. Even if I, I mean, I know, like, I can... I had a missionary a couple weeks ago call me, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to get 100 people to give $10 a month. And my Christian response to him was almost like, I almost said, hey, let me pray about it, and I'll get back with you. And as I started to write that, I said to myself, what do I need to pray about? $10? I just spent $10 going to Starbucks, right? I just spent $10 doing something I probably didn't need to do. And it's not bad to do those things. It's, it's not bad to go to Starbucks. It's not bad to go to those places. But I didn't really need to pray about it. We do need to pray about giving. But at that moment, I didn't really need to go wait upon the Lord and say, God, would you have me give $10 to this guy? No, I just went on the site, and I pretty much said it and forget it, right? And I went in and put it in. That's not good either, because as I was preparing for this, I go, you know what? I started supporting him monthly, but I haven't been praying for him. I need to pray for him and his family as well, and not just, you know, give. So, this is what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to know, I just wanted to ask you guys, would you guys come up, would you walk up front? This is the way I felt God did. you walk up front and take one of these cards and say that you would give to them monthly, and you can give more. And then I just want to pray that God would bless what we do here. And if it get, maybe down the road, this is a family that we decide to bring into the fold more, you know, and say this is a, a group that we're going to support, you know. And I even told R.K. this week when I felt like God said that, I was like, there is so many people we could do this with. I mean, John and Kathy, how many missionaries do they know? You know, Allison and Hona, how many missionaries do they know? Rick and Mel, how many missionaries do they know? Most, I pretty much keep Facebook for the missionaries that I know. You know? So if I haven't accepted your friend request, I do. But I, was, I just felt this is the way God wanted me to do it. If you would say that you'll give $10 or more to pray for this family, would you come up here and just pray with me and take one of the cards? Yeah. We do it now, so we're involved. And go ahead and stay up here. I hope I run out of cards. I felt to do 30, but I made 50. Can't outgive God. Yep, pass these around. Are you kidding? We're wearing, awesome. Anyone else? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Roy boy. Okay, okay. Well, let's just pray for a moment, and then where is John? Oh, good, I don't have to call him up. Okay, so, um, yeah, guys, I don't, 
I just know God laid them on my heart. And I just I just pray that we have this great opportunity um, to be a part of what God is going to do. So Jesus, I just pray right now in your strong name, God, that you would just bless our case. God, I pray, God, that you would just take the support uh, that we're going to give to them and just bless them. Lord, I pray that uh, that they would just uh, go forth in that nation and set it on fire. God, I pray for Brom, who's already there, and set up, God, that you um, allow them to be blessed by our coming. Lord, I pray for some of the missionaries I met summer in Peru that work with that. God, I pray, God, that you bless them up. God, I pray that uh, set the heart of South America on fire. God, uh, use them mightily. God, I pray for uh, healings to come forth. God, I pray for uh, set free, God. And Lord, I just pray that this family uh, would know that they're supported. So just follow the card. Uh, there's a link on there. And bless you. Thank you, John. And so there we go. Just uh, yeah, yeah. You know when when uh, that's good to be reminded of what Rick shared. Thank you. Rick. You know when when we get together, uh, the cool thing about when the church gets together to remember, you know, who's who's the center of our lives. Surprise, he shows up. And so one of the things that it's you know important to do besides just having a sense of expectancy, he'll show up. Is is just to give a little space for him to show up. Just a little time. Uh, there, oh, I was reading this morning. I read through the Song of Songs, uh, which is a Song of Solomon, and it's a it's an ancient uh, Hebrew meditation on uh, the love between a husband and a wife. But it's also a metaphor of God, the love God has for His people that, that He loves. And and it's it, it, if you read it, it it you go, wow, this is really frank, intimate language. Uh, that you read it, it's not like. Uh, B-rated conversation between a husband and wife. It's very intimate and personal, but it's a picture at the heart of it. There were there were people who didn't want uh, that book to be in the Bible when when the Bible was collected. They said, "No, that's that's like ooh, that's like awkward, that's weird." But they didn't see the beauty of marriage. But they also, more importantly, they didn't see the idea of the intimacy that God wants to have with us. So I was reading this morning, just thinking, "No, we have God." chance to love on us, however he wants to love on us, right? That's what the Song of Solomon says, that, that he delights in, in pride. So if you could just for a minute, if you close your eyes, I'm just going to wait, give the Lord some space here, uh, just for the Spirit to do whatever he, you know, he wants to do, and we'll just see what happens. Come Holy Spirit, and we've gathered uh, to celebrate you and the Father and the Son, and there's no way that we could uh, return the love that you've shown us adequately. But we know that the love you have for us is limitless. And you're a good, good father like we sing in that song so often. So we just want to welcome you here this morning. We want to welcome you among us. We want to welcome you in our hearts. We ask you to come with, with whatever is in your heart for us. experiencing just a tenderness right now. You're like, you don't know where those emotions are coming from. And I just encourage you to open your heart up and just let the Lord do whatever he's doing. Right. Several of you here, you've experienced for a little while now, compassion. You're, you're in a situation, maybe even a job in a relationship. You're in a situation where you're just drained. You're giving out and you're giving out and you're giving out. And no one can do that. And if that's you, there's no fault of you. You're just human. But I just encourage you, if you're in that place where you just feel like, I am drained, and I don't like how I'm responding. 
to life right now. I think, I think Jesus is just inviting you to let him come, let his grace begin to flow into you and refresh you. If that's you, you're, you're suffering from passion fatigue, just stand up. And Spirit's just going to start uh, washing over you and renewing that compassion that uh, you've always had. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just refresh. Refresh your children. Bless you. Just may the Spirit come and begin to refresh you. That's it. Just hold your hands out and receive. Bless you. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. Just may the Lord's compassion and heart for you begin to fill you. Debbie, we bless you. Let, let the Spirit of the Lord begin to fill you right now. So let His presence come. Let it come. Let it come. Gene, let it come on you right now. Let it come. That's it. That's it. More. That's it. Be filled. I think there's a few people here, too. You've been having, like, uh, intestinal, some kind of intestinal distress. Something's going on, like, through your digestive system. Just been out of whack. It's kind of throwing you out of whack right now. You know, if that's you, just stand up. If you're feeling that, you're going through your digestive system. There's been stress and pain, some kind of interruption. Yeah, there's several people here. And you say, come Holy Spirit, come on our brothers and sisters right now. If you see a couple of people who stood for that, just, you know, you guys know how to pray for people, just... Go over and, and put your hands on their shoulders and just bless the, what the Lord's doing there. The Lord's touching people. And Lord, last of all, we just want to pray for uh, all those people that you spoke to us about last week, as Jay shared, just those uh, lost sheep people that we've been alienated from and the people that have been alienated from you we we pray again that you would just keep connecting us with those people keep pursuing them through us and we offer ourselves to you rick read from matthew 9 where you said that the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few we just offer ourselves to be whatever kind of worker in pursuing those people you love whatever worker you need we offer ourselves to you Thank you for this reminder today of uh, your heart for the world. And uh, we thank you. You're calling out people all over the place. That you're just in a, in a mood to gather lots of people into your heart. Lord, we just ask over this church again that you would keep enlarging our heart by experiencing your heart. Father, I pray over this house today that... Our heart would be stretched. Our collective heart and our individual hearts would be stretched by the inbreaking of your heart into our lives. And I, I pray over this house, Lord, and everyone that's a part of it right now, the release of your heart among us in a fresh way. That we'd experience you loving us this week in a new way. In the name of Jesus, 
Holy Spirit, come with the love of God and pour it out on every person here in our families, our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We just ask for a season of the outpouring of your love into our hearts that would recalibrate us to begin to love in a new way, in a greater way. And that it would, it would bring your name glory, Lord, that the church that, that represents you would represent you well. That people would no longer say, people in the church don't care. Christians don't care about other people, but they would uh, see through the, your love that you're pouring through us in tangible ways, your love and who you are. Thank you for this day and uh, for this week, Lord, where we remember and celebrate your birth. And uh, we pray your peace and your presence would just permeate uh, this season that, that people would not be able to escape the truth that that comes through that picture of a baby in a stable, in a feeding trough, that the power of that truth, the power of the gospel would go forth through that, that picture where the, everywhere they see it this week, this week and this month. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, have a, have a great Christmas season.